season two, yeah, yeah. Me as well. well. We'll pretend this is some kind of rebranding, not that we got pretty uh, lazy over the summer. But we're back now. For the fourth time. Hopefully back. Hopefully back. We'll maybe back. I think we are back now. Yeah, hopefully. We're like um, Neil Lennon and April and May, where he might have been going back <laughs> after being sacked already. That's, that's the level we're at right now. No, right now we're Neil Lennon just winning the Scottish Cup. So I've been given another year. On 2013 or whatever it was. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> forgot he, I forgot, just be hearts. I forgot Celtic actually won trophies last season. I just kind of assumed that they no, won nothing. No, not last season. You know the season where they got the contract in the Shimmers? Oh yeah. We've been given one more year. Yeah, that's it, that's it. <laughs> um, so this is our first time recording in person since the very first episode. Yeah. And that was a bit of a shambles. I think they've, well, every episode's been a bit of a shambles, but I think that one more specifically was a bit of a shambles. Yeah. I think I accused Aaron Gallagher of like attacking people in the street or something. Yeah, said, the Savoy quote, uh, maybe one of the most famous things, and like every second word was an F bomb. I think we've matured a bit from there. I, I'm not, I've just been able to hide it better, to be honest. <laughs> you know, like when you're recording, it's really easy to to get really flustered and not know what to say, so you just yeah. kind of put fuck in there every other mm-hmm. word. Yeah. But we're a bit better now. Yeah. And we're back, kind of like with a normal episode, for the first time since what May. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's great because nothing's happened this last week. <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing has happened since May. Yeah, so nothing has happened. Just a little roundup of the past few months. Nothing happened. Yes, yes. Oh, that's <laughs> it. Goodbye. Afghanistan is another country. We promise. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, it's still a country. It's just who runs it. Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, so we'll start with the football it's been a very kind of interesting month in Scottish football I'd say it's there's been a lot of surprises and a lot of teams haven't been exactly what people thought they would be yeah um, Aberdeen looked competent Hibs looked just as good as they did last season yep. Stephen Gerrard got beat by a PE teacher um, <laughs> yeah it's been a very weird uh, month much better than I expected it to go for Dundee United at least um which has probably coloured my opinion of it. I think if we lost all four of our games, be like, this has been fucking shit. Yeah, you guys, but, you guys are what, six in the table right now? Um, we got six points. I don't know exactly where we're on the table. I'm guessing we're sixth, but yeah. That's decent. Are you happy with Port so far? Um, As long as he doesn't do press conferences, yes. That's the only... I'm sure everybody's <laughs> seen that clip. If you like football, you've seen the clip of him after the Aberdeen defeat, where he was just saying, like... Cliches. <laughs> it was just... Yeah. It, was, it wasn't... It was cliches they put into, like, the synonyms bit and words and took the most complicated word he could think of, and then repeated that instead. Yeah. It was like hearing the most annoying businessman speak to you for five minutes at a pub where you really want to leave. It's like a guy trying to sell you a car. Yeah, you know, it was... Like, just cut through the bullshit, man. Just tell me how you're bending me over here. Yeah. <laughs> then luckily turned that around by beating Rangers and St. Johnston, which... Impressive. Considering that was pretty <laughs> impressive. And he, we did lose last week to our hearts, but... If anybody actually seen the game, it was basically just um, Charlie Mulgrew and Ryan Edwards being gods for 45 minutes and then GMS diving. And then in the second half, Craig Gordon being a god and then getting a lucky counter-attack. So we can't really be too upset about Yeah, I think game. if we think about Hearts, I think Craig Gordon is going to win them points on his own pretty much. He's already arguably like the second best keeper in the league. Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy at 38 years old. I think actually no, I think with Benjamin Seagreaves out for the season, he's absolutely the best, second best goalkeeper in the league. I'd probably agree with that. Um, second, second only Dallin McGregor, obviously. Really? I would have thought you were going to say second to Joe Hart. <laughs> Settle. Um, we'll talk about the old firm a little bit, because 
but you kind of have to. Yeah, I mean, Celtic have rebuilt their entire team and still don't have a midfield. Yeah. And Rangers have just kind of sat on their throne, not noticing all the just the stab wounds in their fucking back, all the defeats yeah. they've already had already. Well, when you look at like Celtic transfer window, they might have signed a lot of players, but the net spend is definitely well in the minus. Mm-hmm. Like. Oh yeah, because they sold um Christie and Edward on deadline day. And I are you as well, yeah. Um, clearly, they're interested in just pocketing some money. I think. Well, I think also those players all wanted to leave. I mean, Edward yeah. has probably wanted to leave since last season. I think I has wanted to leave since last season. Um, I don't know about Christie. Christie probably wanted to step up. Well, he's always dreamed point. of playing for Bournemouth. Did you not see? Yeah, he always dreamed of. He always <laughs> he always dreamed of living in a place with a beach. Like, let's be honest. That's what he. That's what he actually wanted. But if a good beach, is it a good beach? Well, yeah. Th- this was funny to me. Is he went from being linked with Monaco in like May and June to going to fucking Bournemouth? And I'm sure because of how fucking English football is, the wages are actually better there. Yeah. But it's but it's Bournemouth. It's a downward step, massively. Capello is a bigger stadium. <laughs> that's not even a joke. Greening more. Uh, Dun- Tannadice is a bigger stadium. Like I think. Yeah. It's, what, it basically looks like Saint Man Park, but a bit older. Yeah, and just like just a bit nicer because. They, pay, they like have a chance to renovate and shit. They will. Come on. Simone Park, <laughs> Park was opened in what, 2011. It already looks like it's been open for 30 years. 2009. Okay. Sorry. I think it's a pretty modern looking stadium. I mean, it's quite grey and concrete, but other than that, I think it's. I think it's a good stadium. Yeah, anyway, old firm. Yeah. I say one bad thing about Simone and you're distracted. <laughs> the old firm was a pretty shit game. Yeah. Um. Rangers didn't look at their best. They've not looked at their best at all like last month. And Celtic just weren't able to play as fast-paced and fluid as Ange wanted them to. So, yeah. which is kind of a very dead game. Um, Kyogo didn't have a really good game. I think what would worry some Celtic fans is that it does seem like if Kyogo doesn't have a good game, then the Celtic attack in general yeah. won't. Especially with both Christie and Edward gone. I know they've signed... Giacomakis. Thank you. That's a really great player from the, the Dutch league. But, <laughs> yeah, it does seem like... Um, it's not even though they've really, really found a great player in Kyogo that they're probably going to... He's going to be the one just dragging them to any kind of success this season. I don't know if you agree with that or not. Uh, yeah, I think that game was a tale of two right-backs. Mm-hmm. Um, Ralston and Balogun. They yeah. basically... Balogun kept Kyogo out of the game and Ralston kept Kent out of the game. I think... For me, Kyogo should be playing through the middle. Yeah. That's because what he if you look at all the goals he scored, what he does is he finds that space, he gets in behind, loses a runner and like scores a tap in basically. He's so yeah. good at losing his man. Mm-hmm. And I think he's just wasted kinda of on the wing. Well, it would worry me a bit then because surely they're gonna sign this uh, the striker to play up front and then put Kyogo on the wing. Yeah, maybe. Um, unless they play like some kind of uh, a rarity nowadays, play with actually two strikers. Um, God forbid. God forbid, yeah. Can you imagine that, that much, how much of a dinosaur do we think Ange is? <laughs> Two strikers. Um, unless they do that, I can't really see a situation where Kyogo does play up front. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a tough one. That's for Ange to figure out, not me, because yeah. I couldn't care less about Celtic. Yeah, I couldn't care less about Celtic either. But <laughs> it will be interesting, though, to see how that team lines up because they've got a few, they've got a few strikers in that team. Mm. They've got Jack and Marcus. And then down the down the ranks you've got like a I mean I don't even know if he's a footballer. Well, a Yeti was really weird because I'm pretty sure he had like one of the most like um, what's it? What's the word again? 
and you'll get a lot of chance when you do you take them like no, no, I mean, um, okay, I don't know what kind of the word is, but he he basically scored like every shot he took, like oh, he only yeah. had like eleven so shots, but he scored like seven goals or something like that. I and yet, like fans think he's atrocious, they and nobody seems to write a lot him. of hype as well. It's I, like, I think he was strange. signed for like five point five million or something like that. Like he's one of the most expensive. I think I said in that previous podcast, but just if you want to laugh, go and have a look at Celtic's most expensive transfers because it's none of the good ones. No, it's like it's, it's like it's Barkas, Ayeti, uh, Puki. I think is up there. I think Marvin Compton might be up there. Like it's just the most like. Yeah, that guy was on twenty grand a week for three years and played for the reserves. Basically. Played against Greenock Morton. That was it. Yeah. But yeah, like. Efren Juarez might be up there. Pff, fucking hell, he might be. But yeah, like <laughs> it, this might be the first time Celtic actually spent money and it's going to work out. But then again, they thought they thought you just spent the ire Ed Edward and Christie yeah. money. As for Rangers, um, I think the Oathburn win is masking a lot of uh, massive problems. I agree. That's been ex- yeah. shown that team. I watched the Alec Assert game in like the last Europa League playoff. If Alec Assert just stopped trying to rugby tackle Rangers for like five minutes, oh, they would have won. Yeah. They probably would have won. But they just kept on like just putting in some of the worst tackles I've ever seen. Like I say rugby tackle, they would have been illegal in rugby. Like just like just below the belt. Just just like chucking players to the ground <laughs> and shit like that. Um, they looked awful against us. John Lundstrom just looks like the world's most negative man on the pitch. Like he's just p- passing sideways and backwards constantly. I don't get how that helps you in any like UK league because we all basically play the same style of football. I do, so I don't know how he looks good in, in the Premier League, but looks so good, looks so shit. In John Lundstrom Scotland. is like an absolute. He was a fancy Premier League king. Mm. Like he was in pretty much everyone's team. The guy got points all the time. So I just assumed this guy's good at football. <laughs> yeah. then Sheffield United fans did say when he signed like he's not as good as you think he is when Rangers fans were really excited about him so I think for some for some players it's it's a Shane Duffy thing where you're good when there's no expectations on you and like and you're playing the, a shit team the be- you're playing a yeah. shit team by the sounds of your league but then you need to at Rangers and like you need to dominate yeah which he's clearly not used to like the expectation to dominate and so he's kind of struggling a bit I mean, even see with Shane Duffy, Shane Duffy's back at Brighton, he's been fucking amazing this last month because... He just needs to kick the ball over. Yeah, he, just need, he, just need to, he doesn't need to actually like, pass <laughs> it or anything like that. He just needs to header it anywhere, and it's fine. Like, there's something that I think both Oldham teams will need to learn, is just like just because somebody has a lot of, a lot of appearances at a high level doesn't actually mean they're going to fit You're what Celtic just want to do. I mean, that's a good example. And the other way is Morelos. Was it playing for like in the Finnish league which used him like oh that's a shit level why would Rangers sign him but he played for Helsinki here the biggest team in that country mm. who were there because he's used to dominating other teams yeah. so when he went so he came to Rangers he knew what what he needed to do to fit into that team like it's just uh, like yeah 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 you get it's, it I think it is not going to be an exciting season at the top of the table at all do you think Rangers going to walk run away with it or? I think I think Rangers will win it I think Celtic will push them a lot closer mm-hmm. and I don't think Rangers will be anywhere near as dominant as they were Yeah, but for me they're still the best team in the country and they, they should be winning it I think Rangers will win the league um, Celtic will make progress they'll win the League Cup and then there'll be an argument between Rangers and Celtic fans about how much the League Cup actually matters which everybody will enjoy and I don't want to win the Scottish Cup just well, as, so- as soon as your rivals win the League Cup it is a Diddy Cup that's yeah. the rules. Yeah, and then if you, but then if you do win it, it's like this is this is so big, this is so massive. <laughs> well, when we won it in twenty thirteen, that was like the best day of my life. So <laughs> nobody's taking that away from me. 
I have not seen this one leak up. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna be quiet. Um, and the top of the table will go to you know towards the bottom. Um, St Johnston have just lost the core of their team for less than two million pounds. Yeah, I've got two names for you: uh, Stuart Armstrong, Gary McKay, Stephen. Just, just it's just that again, isn't it? Yeah, I see. Yeah, I definitely see that. I mean, selling a player that's out of contract in a year, like five hundred grand, I guess is good business. But when it's Jason Kerr, you kind of at least expect to get a million or something for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I. And then Ali, Mc, Ali McCann, that just depressed me. Like Ali McCann, I think is a player good enough to play for like a Europa League group stage team, and they said he's going to fucking Preston. And I yeah. get that he should be good enough to shine there, but the championship is just like a fuck ton of players chucked into a, a league, and then even if you're amazing, you can still get lost in like the yeah. shuffle because there's so fucking many of them. It's like it's like put it, filling a pond with far too many fucking fish. Like of course you're not gonna notice an individual one. Unless they're like scoring like thirty goals or whatever. Yeah, the the one kind of hope is that he's going to a team that's not as good. So mm-hmm. if he's really good there, their fans will like he'll be a standout for them. Yeah. It's just a bat like for me, especially Jason Kerr, that guy is he should be in the Scotland squad. And if not, he's really close to a Scotland cap and he's went to League One. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Wigan will be paying him like five, ten grand a week or something. Yeah. But in terms of your career, that for me, that's such a backwards, backwards move. I think just this is the issue Scottish teams right now with England is England teams can just offer so much more money, like even teams in like League Two and League One, because that bubble just refuses to burst. Yeah. Like there's so much money in that league, and eventually it will go away, but nobody knows for sure what's going to happen, and then. Like I'm sure he's probably tripled his wages from this from Aston Johnson to Wigan. Easily, yeah. I mean, we're gonna play. Wigan were like bankrupt a couple months ago, and they're already paying players ten grand a week again. And paying five hundred grand for players and stuff. Yeah, it's like pretty crazy. They just they just chuck every team just chucks a lot of money at problems until it goes away. I think he will regret this move. I think Jason Kerr. I think Jason Kerr will regret this move in five years because I have a. I've got a bad feeling this might send him backwards. That's that's why I think if if it's easy to get lost in the championship, I mean, who gives a fuck about League One? Yeah. Like who pays attention to that league? Mm-hmm. You know, what it might get moved to a championship team if he's really good, mm-hmm. or Wigan might get promoted. But, but he was good enough to be there already. That's the thing. Like, yeah, he's and uh, probably good enough to go to the Premier League at some point. Yeah. Um, but. That probably won't happen. Yeah, because I mean, like, if St. Johnson cared about the development of these young players, like they set, like they say they are, and say they do, why would you accept this offer? It clearly, it's just like they clearly feel like they need to. St. Johnson are basically just, despite doing being incredible last season, are just like Motherwell. They're just basically a bank balance club. Like they only seem to really care about like how how much in the black they are, yeah. and don't really care about like trying to uh, improve, keep themselves in a consistently good position. Which, if I'm Callum Davidson, I'd be very fucking worried about, because right now they've replaced they've replaced Ali McCann, who I think is probably like the best one of the best midfielders outside the old firm, maybe even best midfielder in the league in general. Yeah. With Ike Crawford and Cammy Cammy McPherson. Cammy McPherson. On who loan. Who can't get into our starting eleven? Yeah, a guy that <laughs> a guy that everybody apart from Simone fans seems to love. I, I have noticed that Cammy McPherson is an interesting player in the fact that he does have a lot of technical ability, mm-hmm. but also tends to get lost in games and he just I don't think he's a great player but 
every every few every like the ten games or something, he will score a top in goal from mm-hmm. thirty yards out. Mm-hmm. People go, this guy is, he's like a less good Stevie Mallon in mm-hmm. that respect. He's, I mean, he's a hard, he's a hard worker, and um, that's not a compliment though. Like every every Scottish midfielder is a hard worker, without like yeah, ninety percent of them, whatever. I think he has the chance to be a good player. Yeah, but. I mean, he's not getting to the same one starting eleven, and he's not won a game this season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what's happened there? Because like you were like being like, we've had an amazing transfer window. We like sent some great players. We sent Alan Power. He's an amazing player, and yet he's actually pretty good so far. Um, but I'm not. Go- I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get too negative because four games in, mm-hmm. I think on paper you look at all these things we've made, and it's pretty much most of them are great business. Mm-hmm. Um, however. The system's just the five at the back is just not working. Good. And we haven't signed enough. Good. If you play five at the back, you get what you deserve. That's, <laughs> that's, that's why I thought last night watching Scotland. I'm going to say it again. Any team that plays five at the back does not deserve success. I'm sorry. Well, um, Scott Tanzer is a really good left back. Richard Tate is an excellent right back. Mm-hmm. But as wing backs, they just don't have that ability to kind of take the game by the scruff of the neck and beat a few players and get the ball in the box. You know it's. We just don't have much attacking threat. We're kind of relying on long balls when we've not got a big team, mm-hmm. and we're we're really like. I mean, Jamie McGrath is really the linchpin of that team. He is kind of doing everything good is kind of going through him. I think if Goodwin changes the system quick enough, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of good players in that team, and we'll be absolutely fine. Um, but if not, maybe our fan base is pretty fickle, so I could see in like two months' time if we're still not doing well. Um, that we will be confident inside and stuff. Do you think um, not having an actual striker kind of doesn't help you? But I mean, you have like Curtis Main and Ian and, and, and Brophy who hasn't done what doesn't have had a good season like eighteen months. Well, Curtis Main weirdly is actually in pretty good this season as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can't put the ball. In, he can't shoot. Yeah, he can't shoot a football, which kind of need to be to be a striker. He has been. Li- he's been living off that good six months he had at Motherwell. Like when yeah. after Louis Moat left, his link up play has been pretty impressive though. Because he set up Brophy's goal in the first game of the season against mm-hmm. Dundee, and on the on the pitch he's strong. He's holding the ball well. He's linking it. He's his passing's all right. But when he gets the ball in front of goal, he just cannot score. And yeah, it's infuriating. And Brophy, definitely the signs are there that he'll score goals, but he's not getting any service, and he's not the kind of guy. That can score goals without service. You know, yeah, it it does sound like he's missing Abika a bit. Cause I think you said he like long punts up to people who can't head. Well, Abika can jump. I feel like we're missing him. Um, that's that's my point. Like it sounds like he's missing Abika because like he can, he can hold the ball up. He can, he, he does have decent jump on him. Like he can he can head the ball down and stuff like that. And it sounds like he's just punt aiming punching the ball with the park to to someone. Mm. We've got we've got a really talented midfield. Erehon, McGrath, and Power. That's a really strong midfield. And they can all pass a football, so I don't know why we're lumping the ball up. But I think we've spoke about Sutherland a bit, a bit too much. Okay. I could, I, I could speak for a long time about my problems. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think. Any, any, any other teams we can talk about? Aberdeen have been a bit all over the place. Um, yeah, I think we should talk about Christian Ramirez because he is the best thing to happen to this league. I, I said he was going to be good. I, I feel a bit, bit quite validated with this. With this guy, yeah. you are this guy. I said, and I think it's going to be so accurate, he's going to be 
good but not amazing like 12 to 15, 15 goals I was gonna, it's probably not going to be like the 20 or whatever in, in the league at least but he is what he, MLS and Scottish Premiership is a lot more similar in style than people like to think it is it is basically just a both leagues are run fast very very physical occasionally there'll be some technical ability mostly it's just running around kicking people um, but just the only difference is that MLS has a bunch of South American players so there's just more cheating involved um, and if you think that's unfair or stereotypical just just watch watch it watch the South American leagues um, okay I'll, I'll <laughs> leave that in with caution um, but yeah Christian Ramirez is a 6 foot 2 striker with massive shoulders that can jump in the air and bully, bully defenders he was going to be at least competent at least effective at, like, at, at this, in this league so yeah obviously it's going to be good Albany and Jenner have been a bit all over the place they started off really well and then the Conference League they kind of crashed out of similar to Hibs yeah. and then they struggled a bit They, but I think they will probably be in Europe again at least even though it might not be the season that they I mean fans like, hoped it was going to be when they were like, beating Hack in 5-1 in their first game of the season or whatever I think they'll still probably finish like 4th or 5th and get into Europe again yeah I think Aberdeen and Hibs will be third and fourth. Mm-hmm. Maybe Hearts will, will get in there. They're a decent team, but I think it'll be Hibs and Aberdeen. Aberdeen just look they look like a strong side despite the kind of they do look a bit shaky at points, but I just want to touch on Christian Christian Ramirez's Twitter. When he, after he loves the, God. After the game, he'll say something like, yes boys, we got that W. You know, it's just it's so strange having like an American Tweeting in an American style in well, yeah. Scotland. Well, no, it is also funny because I'm not sure if you've seen this, but like there's a running joke on like on a football Twitter where you make a fake Pulisic interview, which is like just him saying a bunch of Americanisms. Yeah. And it's funny because Christian Ramirez is that. He's literally just just that. Um, just saying, got the W. Constant references to God and how great he is. Yeah. Like he is just like such a typical American person, and I, it's gonna be sad when that like, gets bleed out of him by like Scott Brown. It's going to be sad when he just gets so ground down by the hate and vitriol yeah. of our country that he, he's left godless. Yeah, he turns into an atheist. He's like a broken man, just mm. like staring out in the rain. No, it's going to be six months from now, he's going to be tweeting like speaking Doric. <laughs> Bit like. Yeah. <laughs> no, six months he'll just tweet God is dead and change his profile <laughs> picture to like a black screen. <laughs> Anyway, that's I think we've kind of talked about pretty much everything. Like Motherwell, Livingston, irrelevant because uh, they've not done anything. I feel like I'm missing a team. Maybe. Not mentioned. We're kind of oh yeah, Dundee. That. Who cares? Well, let's talk about let's talk about Griffiths going to to Dundee slightly. That will you know it. I know we need to focus on like off the pitch stuff, but it, that does genuinely worry me. And I've not been been worried about Dundee in years. Not even when they were in the championship with us. Can I just say, Griffiths, Adams, Paul McGowan. Yeah. That is maybe the ugliest team in the history of football. They all look like soap opera villains. Like just, just, <laughs> just the most horrendously ugly people you could find in a casting call. <laughs> You're ugly. You look like you could be a prick. Um, yeah, so Dundee have, at least on paper, signed very, very well. Um, they've not won it yet, which is funny. But it does seem like if 
things had to click with them. They could easily have a very, very good season. I mean, Charlie, Ad, uh, Charlie Adam playing through balls to Jason Cummings and Willie Griffiths sounds like a dangerous combination. As long as Griffiths doesn't uh, get, go to jail at any point in the next four months. As long as Jason Cummings doesn't go to prison at any point, because we have no idea. As long what as Paul McGowan doesn't go to prison. Yeah, there's a lot of players that could very easily be in like orange jumpsuits in like four months from now, or whatever you wear in the UK. But like, I'm still... I don't get why anybody would sign Griffiths right now with how much baggage he has. And like, I'm trying not to be a stereotypical Johnny United fan being like, oh, they're all just scum. But they did also try to sign an, an actual sex offender over the last four months, Dundee. He was like on the register. And yeah. I got, the only reason that they didn't go through was because Dundee's fans said, no, we're not having this. And if for some reason with Griffiths, it's fine. Like, I just don't. Well, if you're a really good player, the bad things you've done don't matter. We've seen that with like Ronaldo at Man United. But he's not been good in years. Griffiths hasn't done anything in like the last four. He's not done anything since Lonnie Dallas last season. He's not, he's not really done anything since the England game. He's He's been a shell of his former self for ages. And like, I know that some Celtic fan kind of has a joke. After he left, did a, a goal compilation for Griffiths with Hot and Cold by Katy Perry in the background, which is perfect. But also, it, it shows just how good he can be when he wants to be yeah but that's not happened in years now i just don't i don't get it i i just worry me a bit because obviously if he does focus and get himself back on back on form he could easily score like 25 goals in even a mediocre dundee team but yeah it is i just don't get it yeah i think um in terms of griffiths i would have stayed so clear from him just morally, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> a pure moral basis, like what, a, what a prick, you know. I just that. Let's think about the, you know the Dundee Christmas night out between Cummins, McGowan, Adams, and Adams, Adam, mm-hmm. and Griffiths. Who will be the first to get arrested? Paul McMullen. Paul McMullen. <laughs> has to be Paul McGowan. He's got a track record. I think if Paul McGowan gets arrested one more time, he he probably will actually have to go to prison because he's been like he's 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 fought he's gone trouble for fighting police officers like a three times now. A police officer, once a male police officer called Tony Fitzpatrick. Which was which was that one? Not the Samaritan one, I'm guessing. No, okay, it's good. a a different Tony Fitzpatrick, but a funny coincidence nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah, that Dundee team is. Uh, you think of like classic. NBA like the Detroit Pistons they were the bad boys yeah but the bad boys only did this stuff on the pitch on the on the court <laughs> well, yeah so this Dundee team is the bad boys but for much more malicious and awful reasons Bill Lambeer was walking around Detroit fighting cops like he was just like he, he was just he was just um, being a dick to Michael Jordan yeah, like Isaiah Thomas wasn't messaging people yeah he wasn't he wasn't messaging underage girls yeah he was, he was just um, saying Magic Johnson had AIDS Let's not, let's, not, <laughs> let's not get to the NBA. Yeah. Um, so I think we've talked for foot, about football for quite a long time, purely because we've not done one of these in a while. It's easy to get kind of casual. Yeah, there was, a, there was a lot that happened. I mean, we've managed to avoid talking about Scotland, which we won't talk about Scotland. No. We will not talk about Scotland. We'll wait till all the games are done. Yeah. Um, so we'll move on to politics. A lot of stuff in the past week have happened politically. Yeah. Obviously, the country's opened back up, which is good. I got COVID my first night out. Mm. <laughs> I, um... I lost my keys yesterday. That's an entirely different story. That's it. Country boys moved back into the city. 
and our hell breaks loose. <laughs> I would like to tell the story of what happened that night, but unfortunately, listeners, I don't remember any of it. So, uh, oh well. So, country's on back up, and now, um, I think it might be getting voted for today. It's, um, I think it's maybe next week, but it's next be. week. So basically, there's going to be a decision on whether we're going to have vaccine passports or not, which looks like it will happen. Yeah, because after the new like S and P Green Coalition, basically like a coalition partnership. I don't know. I don't know the proper terminology. The coalition is. from hell, if you ask a Tory. Yeah, yeah, the communist coalition of Scotland. Yeah. Um, the separatist. Coalition. It, it probably will the communist sep- separatist coalition. <laughs> um, it probably will get passed. Yeah, I. Uh, I don't really approve of this, most because I just think it's kind of like just. I mainly just have doubts it actually is going to help that much anyway because it it's, it, for me it. Um. It show it makes people believe even more than they already do that if you have the vaccine you just won't get COVID, or something like that, yeah. which isn't, obviously isn't true. You're still gonna get COVID if you if you um, have the vaccine, and I don't think it's worth just many people wait like even longer than they already have to because this realistically is mostly going to affect young people for the, next, for the first couple of months where they wait until they get their vaccine young people who were ba- maybe biased have waited the most and like sac- sacrificed a fair bit over the last 18 months by just being forced inside for ages like other people like for the sake for the safety of older people who have those immune systems and now they're asking that to do that again also like there are people who just for whatever reason aren't going to be able to get it where like you, whether you're like an immigrant or something like that. Well, yeah, that's a very interesting point that the uh, contributor and former guest uh, Kaylee raised. That um, I didn't even consider this at first. I was kind of pro vaccine passports because well, it makes you less likely to catch and spread it. Not that mm. you won't get it, but it makes you less likely. And also, it reduces your chance of serious illness. And the NHS kind of can't cope with that. Mm. Um, and the less people that catch it and get serious level, also the better, the more people with cancer and all that can get, can get treated. But Kayla raised this very, very important point that, you know, people who live in poverty with less access to kind of vaccination, refugees, asylum seekers, people from poor countries that don't really have the access to like a vast network of vaccines and the ability to kind of dis- distribute them to the population so easily that we have. Um, it really puts them behind. Mm-hmm. Like they can't do all the things that we can because they're poor, or like, are they're vulnerable and they don't have the chance to get vac- vaccinated, which is pretty messed up. I don't think the SNP are doing that with this in mind. Yeah. But for me, you can't kind of cast these people aside. Yeah, that's just that's kind of thing. I just I don't like there's like vaccine passports in general because I just. I don't. You're a libertarian. I don't like. Well, kind of. I don't like another <laughs> thing that the government forces people to do just for the sake of safety, which I don't actually think makes people that much safer. It just seems like another pointless. It's more security theatre again, similar yeah, similar to the shit at airports yeah. or like that. Like I, I don't think it really actually helps people, and the fact that it will end up in um, excluding people from public life. I just don't see the benefits of it. Yeah, if it's because so many other people have felt excluded from public life over the last eighteen months, either by the government or by this fear of the virus, or anything else, or just if you like from um, an East Asian country, just racism against you, being like the China virus or whatever. 
Yeah. I don't think the last thing we need is another thing to potentially exclude people from public life, which again, like I said, probably isn't actually gonna be that effective. Like how that's actually like preventing the virus. Yeah, I think I think in a lot of ways the vaccine passports have been implemented so that people will just get vaccinated. Because mm-hmm. I know quite a few people that have said, Well, I didn't want the vaccine for whatever good good reason you would believe that and uh, they now want it because they want to go clubbing. <laughs> But that's how fickle people are, you know. Yeah. You have these strong principles that, you know, it's a conspiracy. You know, I don't believe in the vaccine. I'm not putting that in my body. Oh, but I can't go clubbing. Okay, I'll just have it then. It's, I, I, I'm thinking, though, um, you think you'll get, like, 16, 17-year-old girls saying to people, hi, girlie, can I borrow your vaccine passport, please? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> I mean, you can't have your own vaccine passport and someone else's ID, you know? Well, that's the, well, that's also the thing. Like, the, the way that... Because I'll... One thing that pissed me off a bit was that Scotland didn't have the vaccine card initially. Like, England did. Northern Ireland did. I think Wales did. But Scotland didn't have the card you got given after you, after you got given a vaccine. Uh-huh. So, this clearly was never the plan. SNP clearly didn't approve of it at the time. And yet now, because the SNP is seeing some numbers rise, they're trying to shit themselves yeah. and think of anything they can think of to look like they're in control. So, instead, it's going to be a fucking QR code that you have to download and shit like that to prove you've been vaccinated. Um, which I just think is another just dumb thing. Like, it's surely... It, like, most people who have a vaccine passport will be people, like I said, in their 50s. And, I, and I've met my parents. They barely know how to open a Word document. <laughs> they are not going to be able to have this, this vaccine passport. I don't know, I just... Be, I do... To actually answer your question, yes, that absolutely will happen. There will absolutely be people who get the physical vaccine passports and then like their younger sisters were like, please can I have it? And then lose it. I can imagine it bounces at garage already. Like, oh yeah. Where is your vaccine passport? Yeah. And they like punch your arm to see how sore it is. Yeah, passport. <laughs> yeah, passport, driver's license, uh, student card. Student Bank co- statement. Student card from college you didn't go to for the last four years. And then your vaccine passport. <laughs> and the needle that the vaccine actually was given to you in. <laughs> yeah, the garage bouncers are like the craziest. They're, they're absolutely nuts. Yeah, it's like one side the garage bounces and the other side the shimmy bouncers. And then like, that's, that's, that's the spectrum. <laughs> I'd love to see them, love to see them come <laughs> up against each other. Yeah. <laughs> and when I was in Bamboo, the, bouncer can, the bouncers couldn't have given less of a shit. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like in Garage, they are the most intense jobs worse ever. There's that's thing, like it would be Shimmy as well. Shim, they literally go, You look older than 15. Where do you go? <laughs> like, it's just the, yeah, Shimmy is just one of, is one of those clubs. It's like, How have you not been shut down yet? How have you not, like, how did Cushion and Flato One not survive? And yet, you have Cushion had stabbings. Okay, how is Shimmy not stabbing then? It's just like, this is they're still, they're still lax anyway. Also, well, Fl- Flatland 1 didn't have stabbings, it just, just, just had stabbings nearby, <laughs> and it started to shut down. Shimmy is a bit like, um, it's a bit like Sanctuary for 17-year-olds. This is Sanctuary, just san- Sanctuary for 17-year-olds. No, that's for like people who have got an apprenticeship and have a pair of vans under the Queens. Yeah, Sanctuary is for people who wear just the tightest skinny jeans, have like 200 quid t-shirts, Yeah. only drink only drink Grey Goose, and when the ball's finished, they just chuck it at somebody nearby. <laughs> Um, <laughs> then jump in the river. Yeah, yeah. Jump to the river, Kelvin. It's for Guy McKay Stephen. It's a, it's a, it's it's a it's a nightclub only for Guy McKay Stephen. Well, we digress. 
yesterday there was um there was actually two points of interest that, that, that we need to talk about. Yeah, I see this here. Who the fuck is Tess White? This this story has completely passed right, me I'll, by. I'll, I'll I'll set the scene then. Um, so Sturgeon was like giving a statement in Parliament like about being open, inclusive, and not racist. Mm-hmm. And then Tess White, Tory MSP, shouted, "Unless you're English." Okay. So basically, is accusing um, Sturgeon of being an anti-English racist, um, which is a pretty <laughs> untrue statement. Mm-hmm. It's not true. It's because it's not politically beneficial to her to be anti-English. Why like, the, like e- even in Independence Scotland, they're going to be our biggest trade partner, most likely. Yeah. Like, there's no benefit to certainly in the English at it, all. It's part of the concerted effort of the, the kind of unionist movement to, to paint independent supporters as English haters. Anglophobia. Uh, yeah. Like, and then you get all these, like, English people with no profile pictures on Twitter going, well, I came up to Scotland and they called me a bloody English bastard. And, but you do like, that to any country. Yeah, you're, you're not special. Oh, so you're just talking shit. Scotland is maybe one of the most, apart from Glasgow, is maybe one of the friendliest places to yeah. live if you're not Scottish. Like, yeah. I mean, Glasgow's the exception in that if you're even from like 10 minutes outside of Glasgow. Yeah, you'll know all they, about that. They job. will hate you. Yeah, exactly. They even hate themselves. Like, I'll go to town, I'm not from, well, I'm not from Glasgow, but I kind of am. I'm from the area. They'll go, what, what team do you support? Uh, St. Mirren. St. Mirren? And then that. Yeah, but what school did you go to? Yeah. <laughs> None of your fucking business. Oh, yeah, and it's the opposite for me. Uh, I just say Dundee United, and they say, oh, right, Celtic then. No? No, 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 no. Dundee United. Well, St. Mirren are one of those teams that Celtic accuse us of being Little Rangers, and Rangers accuse us of being Little Celtic. It's. We used to get called Dundee Hibs. It's very, just very simple looking at it. Back to the actual subject. Um, oh yeah, thought we were actually talking about something there. Yeah, like it's the anti-English thing is so utterly pointless because it's only a convincing argument to people who already think the SNP hate the English. Yeah, like it's just a very like cir- circular argument. It doesn't actually convince anybody. Probably because it's not designed to actually convince anybody. It's just to make the supporters already more rabid and insane in their hatred of the SNP as they already are. And it's not like there isn't convincing arguments who dislike the SNP already. They just found the stupidest possible one, and I've gone with that over anything else. Like the fact they keep count cutting council budgets, or something yeah. that's something actually like sensible, just like the SNP for. They went with that. I don't think, or the fact that the SNP keep claim to be so dedicated to Scottish independence, and yet they keep pushing back the date of when they're going to try and announce another referendum, and you choose like being anti-English as the reason they people to hate the SNP. You're just not very clever. Yeah, it's it's a talking point that they really love. It just doesn't land. It doesn't stick. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how you can accuse them of being anti-English. Um, I'm sure you'll find one example of one MSP saying like "Mon the Scotland" or something like that. And yeah, that's that's, that's what they think. Like, think like anti-English is like football banter or something like that. Like they just or like the line of Flower of Scotland sent him homework to think again. Um, you think that's an anti-English line? Just despite the fact that uh, the old gossip of the Queen had rebellious cause to crush as one of the lyrics. Yeah. Also, the that line of Flower of Scotland isn't about killing English. It's about Scotland defending its sovereignty and yeah. protecting itself like against an oppressive regime that tried to subjugate it. It's not. 
it's not saying yeah we killed English yes yeah like this it's just so <laughs> baffling I'm just like it's just a stupid argument I will say that like the SAP maybe does a bit of a disadvantage in that because they grew so they grew so big so quickly they maybe didn't vet a lot of their MSPs and MPs as, as well yeah. as they could have so there probably is some MSPs and MPs who said just some dumb shit in the moment because they didn't really know what they were doing but even then that's not being anti-English that's just being are, a bit of an idiot there are quite a few MSPs that are part of the SNP that are just fucking idiots I mean most of them are left to go join the Albert party yeah that's I mean, the great thing I mean the more obviously about Neil Hanby I mean I, I, I think he might be the dumbest man in Scotland he that's just... an excellent segue yeah because we're going to talk about another thing that happened yesterday there was a certain protest outside Holyrood um, the the women won't weast the, the hashtag women won't weast which they claim did an American come up with that no it's Scottish like we won't weast yeah but it's it's a very um just the way it's like phrased it sounds like an American has found weast is just like a Scottish phrase and they're trying to <laughs> cut it into every single thing what like the wee man and jackass yes <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's what it feels like to me it just doesn't feel very authentic which it's honest, not it's, it's probably isn't but yeah like <laughs> Um, so basically, for those who don't know, uh, Women Won't Waste claimed to be a feminist women's rights, um, sex rights, sex-based rights for women kind of movement. What they basically are is a transphobic group of um, feminists who, sorry, trans-exclusionary trans radical feminists, because obviously don't want to tarnish the feminism movement here. Turfs, basically. Yeah. Who basically hate trans people and think that they are taking away the rights of women mm-hmm. it's a really hate-filled vitriolic movement and um, they were basically protesting outside Holyrood uh, because the SNP have passed kind of gender recognition act people can now self-identify yeah which great news mm-hmm. but you know these these women won't waste about it so so the, the thing that bothers me about this is that they are much more by minority than they like to think they are yeah most of the uk actually despite a reputation unfair reputation for being fucking turf island which is bullshit 85 percent of the uk population has no problem with people self-identifying whatever gender they want it is a lie mostly made up from the fact that a lot of the british media especially a lot of british feminists women feminists in the media are incredibly transphobic yeah that is the only reason this the UK has this frankly unfair reputation especially in Scotland where most people just Scottish people are so apathetic towards most things yeah. like sexuality in general like most people just don't actually care the big, biggest proof of this was the fact that one of the biggest protesters there wasn't fucking Scottish it was Graham Linehan and his massive fucking head yeah Graham Linehan there. the guy that used to be a great comedic writer like arguably one of the best comedic writers of the last like 30 years I mean Father Ted and IT crowd and like Black Brooks and all that like his his hit rate was incredible and his reputation has been utterly destroyed by the fact that he is such a cunt. Yeah. He is a proof of some people that just should not have been allowed on the internet because it's obviously just destroyed his brain. Like he was, when he when he had a Twitter account, I don't think he does anymore, I think he got no, banned. He was tweeting from like 6am to midnight constantly, non-stop. He could not stop himself from getting involved into every single argument, which about every single random thought. I think this is true of a lot of these people. A lot of these people are people in their 30s to 50s who probably believed a lot of things they read in any way without the internet, but now that they have that, it's just rotted their brains, and that they believe 
any nonsense like this, like the, like the trans movement is an evil movement to steal your children or whatever. Yeah, that, that, that one really, really angered me. The signs outside Hollywood saying, like, protect our children. Mm-hmm. It's just so fucking horrible. Like, the, 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 even the insinuation that trans people are trying to, like, make your children trans is it's despicable. Like, they just want to live their life and be accepted for who they are. Well, it's it's held by, by bad reporting by newspapers desperate to get clicks that well, it's like bad the, faith yeah a lot that the, the, the new the, the new act is like allow children to self-identify themselves in like age six with the help of their teachers which isn't actually true especially since that it's hi- true hypothetically but most teachers will be sensible about this and are allowed by law to be sensible about this and say like you're six years old you don't know mm-hmm. anything yet like you can't just legally change your gender and stuff like that no but they're actually making them change their gender they're actually they go to every class and they pick out about four kids and go yeah you're trans now that's what they do yeah that is that's literally what they do that is what they legally have to do <laughs> thanks this new new act um so graham linehan basically he got obsessed with this and he it's ruined his life he's divorced now mm-hmm. doesn't have access to his kids i'm pretty sure yeah it's torn like he's so obsessed and it's sad it really is sad and it comes from consumed his life it's come from a bad reaction to one joke in IT crowd yeah where a, um a cat who's on a date with somebody turns out to be trans and the guard like beats her beats her up or something like that mm-hmm. for actually being a man the, rea- he, the reaction to hit he got such a negative reaction to that that he is now transphobic like how just childish yeah do you have to be to like to be not one up to writing something shitty you know yeah um yeah, it's just, it's saddening really, but the good thing is, I once read a Twitter thread that these people on Twitter, even though they're really loud, there's not that many of them either. Yeah, there isn't. It's a really small movement, which is obviously amplified by people like J.K. Rowling, mm-hmm. who is basically a pair. People within the Alba Party and Joanna Cherry, who I'll get on to, mm-hmm. um, and then people within the media, a lot of the British media really is transphobic, and they write headlines that are really kind of incendiary and, and misleading. Yeah. And people don't read the articles. They just read headlines. Yeah. You know? It's so, um, it's so tiny, but so loud and, and that it's, leads me to almost like in spirit what you're thinking, being like, surely like, there's like some background funding going on because like when it's moving to that small, but that loud and that easily heard, you do get a bit suspicious some about, people behind it. you do get a bit suspicious about who is actually like making sure that kind of stuff happens. Because it's a bit dodgy that the UK, which is largely which is largely fine with transgender people existing, has such a reputation, turfy media, who all seem to buy in just the most insane theories about trans people. Like you can't help but be like just a bit like suspicious about it. I don't know what the ulterior motive would be, obviously, but like it just seems a bit just so weird to me that that can happen. There's a couple more things I want to get at from this. Basically, the Tory M- there's Tory MSPs at it. Was Murdoch Fraser there? Uh, yeah, I think he was. Of course he was. There's, there's, there's a, a bit of him speaking. A man, again, I can't emphasize, emphasize this enough. He has never won an election. He is the loudest loser ever. Well, this might be... This might be... A, it might actually have been another Tory MSP, but I think it was Murdoch Fraser. Um, there was videoed at this rally. He claimed to have been there supporting women's rights. Supporting the Tories supporting women's rights. Who added him the rape clause? Who basically systematically have oppressed women mm. 
or like at least being kind of discriminatory against women who make these kind of offhand sexist comments all the time with their rich yuppie friends claim to be feminist and claim to care about women's rights we just we just hate trans people mm-hmm. and it's really easy to for them to just look like they're actually being progressive here yeah when in actual fact they're being the opposite they're being really aggressive and another thing I want to kind of briefly touch on uh, Joanna Cherry um, she tweeted out um, I'll, I'll, I'll quote it to you just as advocating Scottish independence is not anti-English advocacy for women's sex-based rights is not transphobic Scottish politics should dial down the insults and engage with the arguments on, con- on contentious issues more gracious apologies would also be good I would also add that calling women protesting their rights fascist or anti-trans portrays a total ignorance of the feminist movement and disrespect to women who we owe so many of our hard-won rights in the politics of the kindergarten. What an awful, awful statement. Also, saying the politics of the kindergarten, you only said that to sound clever. Yeah. So just, just say you're being childish. Like, she's clearly like, she clearly like, um, wrote this and revealed this a couple of times. And even somebody like me who is a pretty amateur writer can tell when somebody is just trying to look clever. <laughs> and like that, obviously, just... Yeah, it's just bullshit. It does seem an issue with a lot of old... Okay, I'm in the LGBT community, so I can say this. It is an issue that a lot of older lesbian women have a massive problem with trans trans women. As a, as like an, I'm not, this sounds like a stereotype, but it's just it's something I've noticed in general that a lot of the... Feminists who were in the movement from the seventies and eighties, from like even like Julie Bindo, Janet Cherry, Jermaine Greer is another good example of that. I think it's one of the old ones. They all have a massive problem with the existence of trans women, mainly because of all the stereotypes about feminists, feminism being ma- a man-hating movement. That's why the period when they were the most correct, Julie Bindo was a le- was somebody who identified as a lesbian and felt it was w- women's duty to, to identify it as a lesbian, not if they were sexually attracted to women, just hating men so much and I think this is kind of what's happened here again is that just people like just they, they've grown up in that community so much that even if somebody says they're trans women they just can't get the men bit out of their head they just assume it's they, they always assume it's men trying to invade women's spaces and not just women trying to be themselves and I think that's again what's happened with this again like they they do it's not a case of them lying or whatever they do genuinely believe they're being feminists I think Joanna Cherry does genuinely think she's like defending the rights of women, but she just hates, she just hates trans women so much that she's kind of blind to that, if that makes sense. Well, I think, obviously I can't really comment. Well, no, it's just, it's, it's something you do notice like when it's just like, it's the same, it's always like older white lesbians who are massive, massive in the feminist movement in like the 70s and 80s. And it's frequently just like, they have the exact same opinions over and over again. At the point you can't help but notice that pattern. I think it's the prize the same with Joanna Cherry. I just, I don't I can't fully understand it either, but yeah, she is just a bit of a cunt. I mean, it is my, my, the funniest one to me was the it says before the the photo of her holding up the shut the fuck up turf anime photo. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she just she has a lot of respect for SNP politicians for apparently being like a great speaker or whatever. Anytime I see her tweet, anytime I hear her speak, just sounds she just sounds very um bitter and arrogant I think this also just this again this tweet just shows just how bitter and arrogant she can be like do you remember the tweet when she got sacked being like despite my excellent career as a politician yeah, from, and, yeah. and great reputation I have been sacked from the SNP front bench like shut the fuck up she's the type of person that likes 
um, thinking in every situation, how can I make this a better me? Mm-hmm. You know, how can yeah. I relate? How can I relate, relate this to myself and make people feel sorry for me? And yeah, it's just it's a really sad movement, and it's it's not nice. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, they're they're kind of a, a minority. Well, yeah, they just they can be very easily ignored. I mean, like they do have more power than you'd expect such a small movement to have, but it's not like Sturgeon sacked or managed to get rid of most of them in her party. Yeah. The Greens are definitely not transphobic in any way. No. Like, I don't really see them getting any kind of real foothold in power because, for obvious reasons, most people who are transphobic do also tend up to just being hard to like in general. I've noticed. Well, the majority of transphobes you'll find actually are right wing, like mm. are just like people that are homophobic, racist. Yeah. Kind of that kind of lines up with the rest of it, but um, there is this weird, very small minority of people who are from the left. Also, think they're invading women's spaces when they're just they just are women. Yeah. It's their their space as well. Mm. Um. Not that I can really comment on women's issues. Is mm. <laughs> a like the whitest guy. Cis man. I mean, you only see to say white. This is Scotland. We're like ninety-seven percent white. <laughs> like it is a. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just such a cis guy, you know. Yeah, you're just so cis. You're just so cis. <laughs> anyway, I think that co- I think we call it a day. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, so we will be back next week. We promise we're not going to leave you again for <laughs> a month. Yeah. Well, I make no promises, but yeah, you can you can be back if you want. We're really, really going to try. No promises, though. No promises, no. <laughs> okay, we'll see you guys next week, next Friday. Um, yeah, just listen to some of our own stuff. Um, like, we've done some good podcasts on, like, broader subjects in general. Football, football, politics, football. We've, done, football, we've also yeah. done stuff about politics. I think we've done a few about football. Yeah. So if you're interested in football and politics, and mm. then a little slice of culture. Yeah. Then... Yeah. We will bring back the coach segment eventually, just involves us like sitting down and watching or listening to something for longer than half an hour. And because we're Gen Z, our attention spans are so fucked that we can't actually focus on anything for that long. So, we'll get to it eventually. So, stay tuned for season two. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, thanks guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.